Well, hello there. We are doing Minnesota Twins hitting report cards today. This is Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello again and welcome back to Locked on Twins. I am your host Brandon Warren and you can find me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E though I don't think I would recommend that. Thanks for making Locked on Twins your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube and of course we're part of the Locked on Podcast Network your team every day. As a reminder please feel free to be active in the comments. We'll hang out there with you whether it's a live show, recorded show, whatever answer some questions, pose some questions, and just try to kind of have a fun experience. Also, too, if you have questions you want answered on the show, feel free to send them to me however you can, whether it's live in the chat, at Brandon underscore Warner, at Locked on Twins on Twitter, however you can do it. Also, don't forget to check out Locked on Twins Breathless post-game minutes as soon as possible after pretty much every game, including a stat you will not see anywhere else. Before we get started... This show is brought to you by Sleeper Picks. You can swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's term of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. So check out Sleeper today and see if you can play. Twins finish up with the Mariners at T-Mobile Park. On Thursday, I made the mistake of calling it Safeco earlier in the series, but such is life. It's a 2.40 p.m. first pitch between Pablo Lopez and George Kirby on Thursday. Pablo looking to keep things uh, moving in the right direction after a tough stretch there. George Kirby, one of the young and immensely talented Mariners young starters. So Twins looking to take three or four. Mariners looking to salvage a split. You can catch every pitch. Of the Twins hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Now, today we're going to talk about hitter report cards. And we're going to talk about every hitter who has at least 50 plate appearances on the Twins this season. So that will omit Matt Walner and it will omit Kyle Garlic. So a pair of outfielders who, I don't know, I mean... Walner was so good in that one stretch where you could give him a, a grade of, I don't know, A minus B plus because he's he's going to obviously have uh, a little bit of a track record to look at. But I wanted to keep it consistent across the board. Garlic, not even on the 40-man roster anymore. And so not, not enough playing time for either of these guys to really show what they're capable of. But here in the opener, we're going to talk about outfielders. And that, you know, we balanced these as best we could to make sure – that I would have five or six in each section. So Alex Kirloff's going to get a little nod here in the outfielder section. Willie Castro's going to get a little nod here. But otherwise, it's Gallo, Taylor, Kepler, Larnick. So Joey Gallo, we're starting off with Joey Gallo. Is a, He's been worth 0.7 Fangraphs war coming into Wednesday's action. Three strikeouts and three plate appearances. 0.7 Fangraphs war as noted. I gave him a 
C minus. He's popped a few homers. I mean, 17 homers. He's already two homers behind last year's pace on quite a few less plate appearances on about 150 fewer, 160 fewer. But with that said, striking out a career high 40.7% of the time coming into today, actually 41.4% following Wednesday's game against the Mariners. So yeah, popped a few homers, still has a 114 weighted runs created plus, but just too many empty plate appearances right now to give him that much better uh to give him a grade any better than i mean a d c minus i think is is more than fair for joey gallo so we got a c minus on joey gallo that brings us to michael a taylor michael a taylor has done i think a fairly solid job filling in the outfield for byron buxton the offensive slash line at 218 267 412 obviously doesn't tell the story of a guy who's doing a ton offensively but in spurts and in certain spots he has provided enough value where i feel comfortable giving him a b so he has 11 homers already this year he only had nine all of last year in 124 games and he's had enough timely hits to the point where i feel like you could probably give him a nice boost from you know a a, a c to a b and defense too helps. You know, they're they're not exactly getting Byron Buxton level production out there um, from Michael A. Taylor defensively or offensively, but he's done a nice job in the spot that he's been put in and had enough, you know, big hits, a couple late homers, some big stolen bases, and that sort of thing. So I'm giving him a B and at 0.9 F war through 87 games, you know, he's Probably a better fit for some teams, maybe like fourth outfielder moving into the future. But for now, he's he's hanging in there in center, playing on a regular basis for the Twins. We have Max Kepler, who homered on Wednesday night for his second straight game with a homer. Things looking quite a bit better of late. Ooh, excuse me. For the German, um, I've got Kepler with a C. So Max Kepler... Goes two for five on Wednesday, brings a season line up to a hundred. What rated runs created plus weighted runs created plus easy for me to say. Been striking the ball a bit more of late. Defense has been pretty much his standard solid offense. The power, especially, has been quite a bit better this year with a 215 isolated power as opposed to a 121 last year. So he's driving the ball a little better. The strikeouts are not unwieldy, though they are high for him at 22.4%. Um, his career rate coming into tonight was 18.3. The walks have dipped ever so slightly. So a lot of things going on in Kepler's profile, but I think since he's returned, he's kind of started to turn things back around a little bit. And, and as I said, he could coexist on a roster with Matt Walner. All they needed was you know, Jose Miranda got hurt and same as it ever was. Guys are constantly getting hurt regardless of who your training staff is. So the idea that you would shuffle Max Kepler out just because you needed Matt Walner up um, never really made sense to me. Then Kepler picks up a big extra base in Wednesday's game, then comes across to score what ends up being the winning run. 
you know, he, he still does some things that Matt Wallander can't do for you. And again, you don't have to choose between them necessarily. So Kepler's not exactly making the grade, but a C is, is still pretty solid. That brings us to Trevor Larnick, who we have not seen in a while. 47 games played, well over 150 played appearances. We got 177, and he has hit 211 with a 311 on base and a 388 slugging. So that's a 94 weighted runs created plus, so below average, striking out 34.5% of the time, but walking 13% of the time. I give Larnick a C minus. Um, the biggest thing for me was down the stretch before he got sent back, it was just there were so many plate appearances where he was not making any meaningful contact whatsoever, not even foul balls, not, uh, you know, just, just not doing enough to justify a grade higher than that. The numbers this year bring his season line or his career line, excuse me, to 222, 315, 376. That is what you would expect out of a guy like, Kyle Farmer, not a power hitting outfielder that you used a first round pick on a few years ago. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not out on Larnick or anything like that. Certainly, he's got to start hitting breaking balls off speed. Basically, basically, he can hunt fastballs, he can crush fastballs, and he's shown that to this point in his career. But it would it would sure be nice to see if he had you know, anything else in there. Um, against fastballs in his career, he has a 925 OPS. He's hit 11 home runs. Um, I just want to break it down, though, because, yeah, uh, 11 career home runs on fastballs, three on slider, one change, two on sinker, one on curve. So basically 13 of his 18 career home runs have come off of some form of fastball. So, again, if he cannot learn to do anything damage wise on off-speed breaking pitches. He is pretty well pigeonholed as just a, a an extra outfielder, which uh, I'm not ready to make that declaration quite yet, but we're creeping up on 700 big league plate appearances. Willie Castro dives into the outfield mix with a B plus. And if you look at the offensive line for Willie Castro, it is not all that dazzling. He, um, has a weighted runs created plus of 95. He's hitting 247 with a 322 on base and a 365 slug. He, to me, still chases too many pitches that are just, you know, fringy or not, you know, just not, not pitches he can do much with. But with that said, he's played all over. He's played pretty well defensively. Really the big mix-up I remember defensively was in center when he overran a ball earlier in the season. Otherwise... He's got 22 stolen bases. He came into this season with 18 in his career. So he's up to 40 career steals, um, but he's been that added speed element the Twins have been missing or were missing to start the season. So you got to give Willie Castro a lot of credit to, um, wouldn't say like his career was necessarily left for dead, but when the Tigers let you go, um, it's not looking good. Now he's 26, just barely turned 26 at the end of April. So I still think there's, there's a little more here, but I, I don't see him as much more than a 25th, 26th man, kind of who you might want to see be, or what you'd like to see out of a guy like Nick Gordon. So 
picking up where Nick Gordon left off. And our final one for segment one, before we dive into segment two, which is infielders, we got AK Alex Kirilov, and I gave him an A minus. Uh, the defensive value is so hard to gauge because the the value of first base defense is so low, the replacement value of it. So while he has a weighted runs created plus of a buck thirty five, he's hitting two eighty five with a three seventy seven on base and a four fifty six slugging percentage. He's only striking out a quarter of the time, walking more than ten percent of the time. All those offensive numbers are great, starting to show off some more power as he homered to the opposite field in this one. Um, also, two, four strikeouts and then a homer. Doesn't happen that often. In fact, the last time a twin did that before Kirilov did on Wednesday was Miguel Sano doing so back in 2019. And then there was a game by Brian Dozier where he had actually five strikeouts and a homer. I think that was back in 2017, but I, I don't have that pulled up here. But nevertheless, uh, four strikeouts and then a homer. Very, very rare, rare uh, occurrence for uh, Twins players going back about four years. Let's take a quick second and talk about a new sponsor called Dave. And if you're not sure what or who, I'm going to say what Dave is because I don't think it's a, a who necessarily. But it's a banking app that has leveled the financial playing field. If you download Dave, you can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest and settle up later. Extra cash gives you more money to buy groceries, fill your gas tank, get your car repaired, catch up on bills, whatever you need before you get your next paycheck. You can even build credit when you settle up on time. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to make their finances easier. So if you're in a pinch, get the help you need by downloading Dave. Download Dave today at dave.com slash MLB. That's dave.com slash MLB. You can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash MLB. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve, member FDIC. All right, so we are into the bullpen. We're going to talk about twins, infielders, and their report cards as we get close to the 100th game of this season. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. If you're an everydayer, make sure to check back later as the Twins wrap up the series with the Mariners at T-Mobile Park. We're going to have a crossover episode with Colby Patnode of Locked On Mariners after the series, and we will be working on some other report card things for pitchers. And we are also trying to get Marty Cordova on the show next week. So we are going to have a whole heap of fun for you coming up here. Twins wrap the series with the Mariners at T-Mobile, Mobile, not Mogul, excuse me, Park, uh, which I called again Safeco last time out, which is uh, sadly incorrect. Anyway, Thursday, 2.40 p.m., it's going to be Pablo Lopez, George Kirby. You can catch every single pitch of the Twins hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Now, we are into the bullpen. We are actually into the infielders. For these report cards, and we are going to talk about Donnie Solani, Donovan Solano, who 
as I've noted many times this year, if you've seen the movie Billy Madison, there is a, a sequence at the end where Steve Buscemi's character fires, I think it's a gun, into the backside of the guy who plays Eric. And at the end, Billy goes, man, I'm glad I called that guy. To me, that is who Donovan Solano is on this team. That's one time on Wednesday, takes a walk, um, wild or pass ball during that, brings home what ends up being the winning run. He's got a 125 weighted runs created plus. He's been eh, okay defensively wherever they've put him. I feel like he's kind of been an adventure at first, but nevertheless, uh, he comes as advertised hitting-wise plus walks. He was a 6% walk guy before this year. He's up to 11.9% this year. Just enough pop, driving in runs, doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. He has done a tremendous job kind of smoothing things over between second and first base in the absence of Alex Kirilov, in the absence of Jorge Polanco, in games where they've had Farmer at third and didn't want Julian to play second. Lots of different options, and, and Solano has answered the call. So I gave Donnie Solani an A because everything he could have been asked to do to this point, he has been phenomenal. Or, hey, Polanco, on the other hand, I gave a C- to, and I feel like it's weird grading him because we haven't seen much of him. Now, the, the, the fact of the matter is he's close to returning, at least as far as we know. He had a day off Wednesday at St. Paul, but I gave him a C- and really comes down to the fact that he, um, you know, he had a, a 103 weighted runs created plus, uh, 318 weighted on base average, but an expected Weighted on base average of 355. So some batted ball stuff that if it had gone his way, the numbers would look a fair amount better. Now, again, if 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 ifs and buts were candy and nuts, go, go ahead and Google that. I'm not going to sing the rest of it. But, um, yeah, the Twins need Polanco to get back and, and help this team, whether it's playing third base and Julian stays at second, if it's Julian DHing Buxton, taking some time off and then getting out to center. I don't know what the machinations of that look like, but for now, the Twins need more Jorge Polanco, and he gets a C-. Speaking of C-minuses, that's what I gave Carlos Correa to. Correa has played... So so coming into Wednesday, Correa had played 85 games and had a 1.3 Fangraphs war. So it comes out to roughly 2 point whatever over a full season, which clearly not good enough for Carlos Correa. But I was in 366 plate appearances in 167 plate appearances entering Wednesday. Edouard Julien had a 1.3 Fangraphs war. And so in about 200 fewer plate appearances, well less than half, Edouard Julien has replicated Carlos Correa's value according to Fangraphs war. So we gave Correa a C-. Uh, the defense has been good. He's come on strong of late offensively um Wednesday's over notwithstanding and there's signs of life in his bat but it's been a slow burn it's been a slow roll to this point and you know we'll continue to expect to see good things we'll continue to expect to see big things moving forward but for now we're gonna wiggle with Correa did down there in the C minus range uh Jose Miranda getting a big fat F um you know, he's hurt right now, which feels unfair to kind of hold against him. And, and honestly, we're not. But he's just been absolutely disastrous this year. Has no pop, has no 
I mean, he's been almost a win below replacement level on fan graphs. Uh, defense has not been particularly good. And there's a reason why the Twins have churned through Royce Lewis, Kyle Farmer, Donovan Solano's played some over there. They're probably going to move Polanco over there if it comes down to it as well. Miranda just has not been that guy this year. It doesn't mean that I think they're going to give up on him. It doesn't mean that I think he's going to get traded for nothing here at the deadline or anything like that. But to say it's been a disappointing season for Miranda would be understating it just a bit. So uh, a big old F for him. Uh, this is what happens when you're slashing 211, 263, 303. Kyle Farmer, not just a guy on the roster, gets a B plus. And so what I've liked about Farmer, and he, you know, he's shown a little bit of pop of late. Um, went one for four on Wednesday. He's got a 97 weighted runs created plus. So he's hitting 246, 312 on base, 390 slugging. If a guy plays pretty good defense, that's a perfectly reasonably valuable player. And basically what he's done this year offensively is indistinguishable from last year. Last year he had a 309 weighted on base average with a slash of 255, 315, 386. So basically a carbon copy of what he did with the Reds last year. Uh, he's moved all around. He's looked pretty competent defensively and just seems to kind of be a guy who goes with the flow, rolls with the punches with whatever the team needs. And so, so guys like that to me have more value. Uh, so I gave him a B plus, but um, you know, I know he's not exciting. I know he's not a guy who, when he's coming up in a big spot, you get crazy excited, but he's come through enough to merit that level of uh, grade. And then Edward Julian, I mean, what more can you say? He's tied to be the team's most valuable player by Fangraph's war, despite only playing fewer than 50 games this season. Absolutely crushing the baseball. 167 weighted runs created plus. OPS of almost 1,000. I think Trevor Plouffe said he's reached in 18 of his last 26 plate appearances. So just an absolute heater that he's been on. And he's swinging the bat better. He's not striking out as much as he was the first time around. Um, I think the walks will continue to, to come and to continue to be a big part of this in addition to if he can you know, negate still more of those strikeouts. Because I don't think he's going to strike out 30% of the time when he's at his peak. So, yeah, big A for Julianne. We'll see where he settles in because the rest of the way, is he going to play second? Is he going to DH? Is he going to finally pick up a glove and play some first base with Alex Kirloff moving to the outfield? A lot of flexibility, a lot of moving parts here, but it's indisputable that Edouard Julianne deserves an A. All right, we're going to come down the home stretch here. We'll get the rest the best of the rest. There's a few guys left catchers and a few guys whose positions are a little up in the air as far as what you would consider them regularly. But before we get to any of that, we need to talk about Sleeper. So our friends at Sleeper um, want to know if you want the chance to win more money with less picks, head to Sleeper where you can win up to 100 times your money with just two or more fantasy baseball picks. So if you like, you know, a, a hitter versus pitcher matchup, you can pick that hitter. You can pick a pitcher to strike out however many batters. You can basically mix and match whatever you want. 
if you want to bet that Alex Kirloff or Edouard Julien keep rolling with another homer, Max Kepler keeps rolling with another homer, you can do that too. You can win 100 times your money on Daily Fantasy Baseball. Sleeper is now offering up to 100 times payout for up to eight pick contests. So you choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats, home runs, strikeouts, hits, you name it. Get your picks right, and you could win big. So you download the app and start playing. It's super-duper easy. You can you can make an entry in 30 seconds or less. There's a built-in chat function. So you can see and copy your group's picks with the tap of a button. Withdrawals are safe and fast. And it's, let me tell you, it's an absolute blast. If you use the promo code locked on, you will get $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. So run on over there and see if you are in one of those 30 and check out sleeper today. We are coming down the home stretch, the seventh inning stretch, as we call it on Locked On Twins. Twins, Mariners, wrap it up at Safeco slash T-Mobile on Thursday. It's a 241st pitch. Pablo Lopez looks to get back rolling again against George Kirby, one of the young and immensely talented Mariners pitchers on a staff full of them. You can catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. And we're diving into this last little bit here. Christian Vasquez got a B minus for me. And I think that if there's going to be a rating that I have that people criticize, I think that would probably be it. Vasquez has been swinging a wet pool noodle to the effect of a 61 weighted runs created plus two homers, not hitting with any authority. Um, but he's still been worth a half win. The reason why I, I'm big on him is his defense to me has been transformational. Now, certainly there are guys who call their own games. Um, Sonny Gray has the pitch calm device on his glove hand and that sort of thing. But I think Vasquez has, has totally reimagined how this team views the catcher's role in a staff. I think Ryan Jeffers and he, work together very well. And again, I think the defense alone outweighs the fact that Vasquez is, for instance, slugging lower than his on base and his on base is 288. So it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty ugly, but defensively, again, Vasquez doing everything you could ask of a catcher, big league teams that win a lot of games can have catchers like that. Vasquez was on the world series champion last year, the world series champion last year, the Houston Astros, continue to employ Martin Maldonado, who does virtually nothing offensively, but is a transformational defensive catcher. Now they've got Yanir Diaz as a kid who's going to hit. We'll see where that goes, but it's not uncommon for teams to prioritize defense from a catcher. And, and not only that, but prioritize defense from a catcher when you are a good team. So the fact that this pitching staff has been rolling Part of the credit goes to the pitchers, of course, and probably a lot of it, but Pete Mackey in that mix too. But then Christian Vasquez defensively, I think, gets a lot of credit as well. So we are – ooh, I almost closed my window there. We're going to give Vasquez a B- minus because the offense has been so bad, but the hitting or the defense has been excessively good. Now his counterpart behind the plate, Ryan Jeffers, we're giving an A-. minus. 
Jeffers pick up a big RBI with a single against the Mariners on Wednesday. His weighted runs created plus is a buck 26, which for a catcher is exceptional. 261 average, 371 on base, 415 slugging. He's basically doing everything you could ask of a catcher defensively and giving you offense besides. And I get the sense that maybe he could continue to steal away playing time from Vasquez. At this point, Vasquez has played 62 games with 215 plate appearances. Meanwhile, Jeffers has played 54 with 171, if I'm mathing correctly. So Vasquez still slightly ahead, but both getting plenty of playing time here as the dog days roll in. So B minus on Vasquez, A minus on Jeffers. Byron Buxton is our final one, or not final one, the next one. I gave him a D. Um, you know, offensively, this last little stretch here has very significantly brought him down. He got off to a decent enough start. And I know he's playing through some things, so I don't want to ding him too bad. But again, um, you know, he's batting third in the lineup when he's playing. And it's just right now like he's playing MLB The Show with a guess pitch that he's guessing wrong every time. Um, so it's kind of a wonder that he's hitting a buck 96 and not like a buck 85 like Gallo or a buck 76 like Nick Gordon before he was hurt. It's It's been that ugly of late. So we'll give Buck a D with obviously plenty of room for improvement down the stretch. But, um, you know, we'll see how he comes back, whether it's in the finale, whether it's against the White Sox, or whether there's a different plan altogether. Our penultimate ranking or report card is Royce Lewis, who I gave a B-plus to Royce. Before getting injured this last time, was hitting 326 with a 354 on base and a 474 slugging. So not taking any walks. But again, less than 100 plate appearances, so things can change there. Um, striking out a little bit more than average, but not terribly so. And, uh, you know, the the quality of contact and all that, uh, 358 Woba, 285 expected Woba. You know, there was some room for regression there that uh, could have made that line look a lot uglier than it did as time played out. But nevertheless, what Lewis provided – on the field and what we saw from him, the defense was okay at third. I'm comfortable with a B, let's see, a B or a B plus. Uh, where are we going to go with this one? I'll say B plus. Let's go B plus. Um, you know, he's been willing to do everything the Twins have asked of him, even though it has resulted in him getting hurt at pretty much every stop. And But with that said, when he's been on the field this year, he's done a really nice job. So we'll give him a B plus. And finally, Nick Gordon is getting an F. And it's not, not because he's been hurt. It's not because I don't like him. It's not because he's blocked me on Twitter. He's hitting 176 with a 185 on base and a 319 slugging when he went down. If he can get healthy, I think he can still help this team. Roster spots are going to be tough to figure out with guys out of options, guys coming back, that sort of thing. But Nick Gordon to me gets an F. He just was off to such a putrid start. And, um, you know, 93 plate appearances. It wasn't like it was 50, you know, 35 plate appearances, whatever. It was It was a brutal start. So, yeah, we're going to give Gordon an F. He and Miranda are the two Fs. They're the two Twins position players under replacement level by Fangraph's War. Now, that's all we got. That's a wrap. Thanks for hanging out with us. Make sure you follow at Locked on Twins at Brandon underscore Warren. Check back for some bonus episodes as we try to get a little extra content pushed out here as we head into the dog days of summer. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. If you're an everydayer, check back. We'll have a Locked On Twins Mariners crossover with Colby Patnode. And 
we'll see what else we have on tap. Subscribe, like, give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you are listening or watching on. Thumbs up and subscribe on YouTube, all that fun stuff. Hang out in the comments section and send me questions for the final segment each day. That is the seventh inning stretch, the voice of the fan. With that said, this is Brandon Warren signing off and saying thank you so much for hanging out. And don't forget to stop by tomorrow.